up guys, this is Brian from Midnight Coffee Hour. Um, today, I get the pleasure of, of kind of talking with my, my best friend, uh, Dimitri Roberts. Hello. Um, he Right now, he is a biomedical technician. What is your new place of employment? work at Truman Medical Center. I work for Cerner. They've got a contract through Cerner, so I work on the medical equipment, do maintenance on it, and do some IT work cool. in-house. So... Um, as you've already heard me saying, I'm wanting to kind of change our course of just bullshitting back and forth and, and get more to uh, hearing people's experiences and their life and, you know, seeing if we relate to them and if not, like, hearing what else is out there, you know? Um, anyway, so, yeah, man, tell me tell me a little about yourself. What do you, outside of... Outside of, of biomed tech, what what do you what do you really enjoy doing? What's your passion? I've got a lot of side gigs. Um, really enjoy music though. It's one thing that I've always been interested in, as long as I can remember. And so, I play guitar, play drums, um, sing sometimes. And on, aside from that, do a lot of modeling work. Um, in Kansas City and then I also work out I'm a personal trainer I work at the YMCA part time so I enjoy doing that and I love to travel um, I'll probably tell more about this later but uh, a couple of years ago Brian had asked me to go to Philmont to work for a summer and that was probably one of the best experiences of my life and I'm glad I did it so I love to travel Love to stay in shape, love the outdoors, love music. Cool, man. Um, where were you born? I was born in Moberly. Moberly, Missouri? Yep. Oh, so you're Missouri bred. Oh, yeah. Um, cool, man. Um, I mean, let's get started with, with specifically music. When What was your first instrument? Uh, the recorder. Yeah? How old were you when you played that? I think I was in second grade. Okay. At Cedar Hill? Yep. Cedar Hill. I was probably like five or six. And uh, we had this program called Recorder Karate. And so we would play the songs. We'd get a piece of string with like a corresponding belt color if we mastered the song. I remember that. That was my first experience with a musical instrument. And then shortly after that, picked up the violin and orchestra. Cool. Do you still play the violin? Any or? Uh, not, not lately. Um, I still remember how to play. I can read music. Just do not have a violin. I have lost that skill. Uh, um, you me, never lose it. So though. me and Dimitri, uh, we were both in orchestra for like eight years together. I played the double bass, but I, I've tried playing the double bass a few times since then. I don't, can't do anything. I was in the Jeff City Symphonic Orchestra for a while, but um, that's I don't have that skill anymore. Um, so. Yeah, how long did you play the violin? I guess, well, I guess you said you still played here and there. Yeah, I played throughout high school, and then I have had several opportunities to pick up a violin here and there, and so um, played for, I don't know, was it like five or six years that we played through school? Okay. When was, so as far as the other instruments, like guitar, drums, singing, when did you... Which one of those was your first to pick up? I picked up drums at 
like at the end of senior year. In um, high school? Yeah. That was the first time you touched the drums? Yeah. When we were in a band together? Yep. What? <laughs> I just started out playing drums. Um, my first experience with the drums, actually, I kind of funny, but I bought Rock Band one Christmas, yes, and sir. I didn't even open the guitar. I didn't care anything about it or the microphone. Just wanted to play the drums. So I played the plastic drums for several months. I would play like five, six hours a day. And then like several months of that, grew tired of it. I finally decided, I was like, it's time to step this up a notch, learn to play real drums. So I took up lessons, got my first drum set, and then... Um, wow, well, that was a very, very loud, uh, not super great quality drum set. Yeah, I still have it. I but, still I mean, have it. it, is, I love it it's ruby red, or like a velvet red. Yeah, it was. It was like a dark, dark cherry velvet red. Yeah, good stuff. Those snares, though. <laughs> yeah, the symbols. Some, you used to have to put like my wallet or my phone on the snare just to get it to sound right. It, it like buzzed a lot, so to get it kind of have a hollow sound, we had to do that. So what about? So your first of those rock instruments was the drums, senior year. But that blows my mind. I thought you were doing it since you were like ten. So then, when did you? What was next? Guitar or sing? Which which one did you? Well, start actively. I kind of took a break um, after high school. Um, I continued to play drums some, just whenever I had an opportunity. But it wasn't until about a year ago that I picked up the guitar. Now, I had guitars around, but I rarely picked it up. I mean, it was sitting in my closet, and I'd maybe pick it up like once a month. Was it the guitar, the black guitar that I left? Uh, yeah. I think it, that was one of them. A few them. strings were missing, so I understand. Had two of them, and that, that, that's another funny story. So we had two guitars because Brian had lent me his guitar, his electric guitar, and then I had my own electric guitar. And uh, we had several guests over, several females we had over, and both guitar, the high E string, was just ripped off the guitar. Women. Well, I don't know about how that happened, either one of those, but I'm not <laughs> you surprised. Were there. You were there. I don't know if I was, but I'm surprised. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff happens. So, so you picked up guitar like a, like a year ago, and then, you know, that's also about the time that you started modeling, too, for Casey Fashion. Yeah. That was actually two winters ago. It was. 2016. It's a big year for Dimitri. A lot of changes. On show, photos, left and right. So, when did you, because what Dimitri didn't mention yet is he right now plays bass guitar, like like Flea. Not Chip Evers. It's pretty, pretty damn good. When did you start doing that? Um, so, I started uh, probably about half a year ago. So, I started playing the guitar again, and then I joined a band, and they gave me a bass guitar. I said, here, learn how to play this. We want you in the band, but you got to play bass. So I picked it up, and I started to learn how to do the slap pops and all that fun stuff. So I've been playing bass for about six months. What's your band's name? Uh, we're Sons of Soma. So shout out to Sons of Soma. If you haven't listened to them, they're a, a little local band in, in KC, right? Yep. But they got a show coming up. Is that next week? March 24th. March 24th. Where's it at? It's going to be at uh, Uptown Arts Bar. In Kansas City. In Kansas City. 
There you go. So if you are in the Kansas City area, big old community, go ahead, check out the show. Is there an entry fee? Five bucks? I think there's like a $2 cover that night. $2. But there's going to be several acts before and after us. We're going to be live art. We've got a live artist. She does really amazing work. So be sure to check that out as well. She'll be out in the lobby. So it's a full full experience that night. Yep. Sounds fun. Have you guys you guys have had concerts before, right? Yeah. Um I we've had one concert since I've been in the band and then they before I joined the band they started out in Columbia, Missouri. Which is where we're at. Yep. And so they'd started out playing. They were a cover band. Um played it. They have some of their own stuff now though, right? Yeah, we've got five originals. Uh one of which was created since I joined. Which um but so they start out playing at um I'm trying to remember the name of this place here. It's a pretty popular place. The Blue Note? I think it's my house. That's it. My house? Yep. See I think that's a new bar. Man, I don't know if they were playing back. I mean it might hmm. it, I might be wrong, it could have been around for a while, but there's a there's the um wow. Um there's a few other venues that I can't remember the names of. Anyway, so they had started out, they they played here in Columbia before I joined as a cover band. And then since they relocated to Kansas City, they started to write original songs. And then I joined in here. Do you know why they moved up to Kansas City? Like, did they get... So were they biomedical engineers as well? The or? three other members, um, one of them, electronics engineer. Okay. Uh, the lead singer... Ryan Aiden, he is a psych examiner at an elementary school. And then our drummer, he's an elementary school teacher. Okay. So they're going to bigger cities. Maybe there's some higher pace. So they can pursue their real passion, which is music, which is really cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Do you... What's your guys' plan? Stay local or... I mean, what's... What's the objective with the bandmates? What do you think their their goals are? So the main incentive continue is... Continue as a hobby or pursue a career? Um, I, well, the main incentive is passion. We just love to play music, to come together. <clears throat> um, it's a great outlet, but then also there's an opportunity to pursue a career with it. We would love to do that, which yeah. is kind of what we're doing now. Playing. Take life by its horns. Yep. Cool. So... Let's switch directions real quick. Modeling. How did that get started? <laughs> who contacted you? And how, how did you become interested in it? And how have you done so damn well in it? So, um, about a year ago, I had reached out to several agencies because I had several people come up to me and say, hey, you should get into modeling. Didn't really take them seriously. I blew them off. Started to contact them. Most of them never reached out to me. And if they did... They had asked me, you know, a cover charge or I had to pay in to be a subscriber, whatever. And so um, I kind of took a short break and then I, I was seeing a girl and she said, hey, uh, there's auditions for Kansas City Fashion Week. Was today. her name Sydney? Uh, it was not. It was not Sydney uh, Reasoner. before season, or oh. Sydney. Huh. <laughs> um, but uh, I was seeing this girl and she said, hey, you should come audition. Okay. So I went. I did the walk through the runway walk, and I didn't really think anything of it. And then several weeks later, I 
gotten contacted by like three or four people that said, hey, we want you to walk for us in the show this day, this day, this day, this day, and uh, said okay. And um, that's kind of how I got started in the modeling industry. You know, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but there's a uh, a girl that we went to school with for a long time who's in Columbia right now, but she has she's a fashion designer and she's created some fashion for Kansas City show the 2016 the year that you went, and then also um, she did one last year and this year as well. Um, Courtney Sims. Yep. Um, I don't know if I got you guys in contact, but. Uh, I've I've reached out to a few people that I know that are models, um, including you, I believe, to hopefully connect you guys. And um, yeah, that would be that'd be really awesome if that ends up panning out because that's her passion, and you know you like modeling, and so why not? Mutual benef- benefits. Um, so that's how you got into modeling. It was kind of a joke that became reality, and you're like, heck yeah, it works. People appreciate me. So then. What's your what's your objective with that? I mean, is that kind of a see where it goes, keep having fun type thing, or? Well, so since then, get some since, free clothes, or. Since Kansas City Fashion Week, I have had several opportunities. After I did the show, and I walked three nights, um, I was encouraged to reach out to an agent, and so I contacted her after Kansas City Fashion Week, signed with this agent in Kansas City. And so she sends me several gigs a month, uh, modeling gigs, and I did that for the past few months. Um, like a lot of like magazine photo shoot type deals, some commercial stuff for Nestle for their inside for their employees, and, and things like that. Nothing too major yet. And then since then, I've branched out, I've done some voiceover, yeah. some acting work. And so it's been a lot of fun. Which which do you prefer? Which do you like more, the modeling or the voice acting? The voice acting is so much easier than modeling. Which one do you enjoy more? I I would say I enjoy acting probably the most. It's probably the hardest to get into of, of them all, of all three. Um, just because it combines all those three things into one. Yeah, and a lot of people want to be actors. So Yeah, there's a lot of competition with that. Uh, so I think that's the most fun. Um, modeling's fun too. You get to meet a lot of cool people, try on cool clothes, and uh, just get out there, strut your stuff, get free food usually, meet, free clothes, meet nice people, so that's or nice. good contacts. So get compensated well. That's good. Um, I, I mean, I understand that. With modeling and, and voice acting and such, the the real hard part is just just getting your next, uh, your next deal, your next. Uh, I won't, I don't want to say appointment, but your next set, your next. Yeah. Show next. Yeah, usually for me, I get about one a month. Um, she sends me several opportunities a week. Some of them are castings, so sometimes you got some competition to get into that spot, but. Um, Usually I get about one a month, and it's usually like a half day. Sometimes it's a full day. So, yeah, the gigs are here and there, hit or miss type thing. Nice. Yeah, Demetri, you're uh, <laughs> you and me have the same problem, which is, I mean, it's not a problem for you. It's working right now for you, but uh, too many grinds, man. You're a very busy guy. 
Um, I mean, it's it's almost it's past midnight coffee hour right now, and he didn't end up being able to even start driving this direction till like nine thirty or so. So, um, because he was personal training. So, that being said, when did when did you decide that personal training might be an idea? And and I mean, really, gym life before that. When did you? I mean, I I know that you were in wrestling for a little while, and so you might have had to lift weights for a little bit. But when did you get into weightlifting, and when did you decide that that might be a side grind as well? So I started lifting in senior year, at the end of senior year. Um, when he started drums. Yeah, right before I, I joined the wrestling team, I decided I need to get in shape. You know, I, I, I kind of I want to be buff is what my mindset was. And so I hit the gym. And I just made it a routine, and I kept doing it, and I did that for about two years, and then I decided, hey, I, I want to be a personal trainer. I think that'd be fun, and so I pursued that, got my certification in personal training, and then I got my first personal training job at the YMCA in Jefferson City, where we're from, and then I took a break from that because I wanted to pursue my full-time career as a technician. And so shortly after moving up to Kansas City, I resumed that career, and I worked part-time at the YMCA again. Okay. So a few questions on, on personal trainer. Is it true that once upon a time in RuneScape land, your username was Needleboy123 or something like that? <laughs> it is true. <laughs> and don't ask me how I came up with that name. I think we all know. <laughs> anyway. So second question... Um, you know, you've been doing personal training for a couple of years now and I mean, you're still creating that foundation, but it's, it's picking up a little bit now. Um, and I know there was a lot of struggle going on at the beginning. Um, what advice could you give to future personal trainers or people that maybe got their personal training certification today? You know, what, what advice could you give them to kind of speed up that process of getting a foundation and being less screwed so focus less on the exercise and more about being personable and marketable and being a good salesman you want to be personable you want to be able to connect with your clients but then you also want to be able to teach them how to exercise properly and you've got to be able to sell yourself so those three things are things that I go by as a personal trainer as a fellow salesman and teacher and many other things, I I think I can see what you're saying. Is that is that you're not really selling a workout. They can work out anytime they want to. They could Google their own nutrition plan. They can get a nutritionist if they wanted to. You're selling more of a relationship and a bond between you and them. And uh, you are their gym mate. And you're helping them get to their goals by holding them accountable. So um, that would be my advice as a non-personal trainer uh, to future personal trainers and currents is, is, uh, yeah, like Dimitri said, be approachable and, um, you know, be that person that people want to talk to and they want to contact. And, you know, I, I, I would also recommend you be in shape. Um, you know, <laughs> cause it's kind of like, you know, being a, uh, working at a Ford, you know, dealership and, and you drive a Chevy, uh, you're a Chevy guy and you're like, yeah, I buy this Ford. And they're like, what kind of car do you drive? Like, I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a Chevy. Uh, you know, one one thing I might add to that though is you don't necessarily have to be 
in like great you don't have to be like three percent body fat you don't have to be super ripped but you got to understand who you're marketing to because i've seen trainers that are overweight but they're they're just really good people and they know how to connect with their clients and they know what they're going through and i think that's more important than anything so another real quick tidbit from from sales school um I was a financial advisor uh, for about half a year up till last Monday. And one thing I learned about that is that none of my fellow coworkers were their own personal advisors or financial advisors. Like a, like a mentor. If you've ever had a mentor, your mentor has a mentor. You're, like people, like a CPA has a CPA. They don't manage their own shit because that takes just so much time. And I think that you know, even like a personal trainer uh, likely has their own personal trainer. Um, and if not, I mean, in the case where you're talking about some heavier set guys, they, they probably should. Because um, you can only hold yourself so much accountable. It's a lot easier when you have teammates and kind of a support system behind you. Um, what's your, yeah, Dimitri, what's your, um, what's your goal with personal training in the future? I want to continue to do it part-time. I really enjoy it as a hobby, um, and that, that's the main thing for me. I just enjoy being in the gym. It's kind of a lifestyle for me, and I want to share that with other people. Awesome. So if that became an opportunity for a career, you would take it, but it's not something you're super pursuing at the moment. Yeah. I want to continue part-time. I mean, it's not my full-time career, but um, fun to do in the evenings. All right. So switching directions one more time. Earlier you mentioned travel. Uh, I know of one awesome and terrible experience that we had traveling. We went to. It wasn't uh, that bad. It was, I mean, it says says the guy whose car, whose brand new car, less than like two. I don't even know. Would you have less than two thousand miles? Brand spanking new car totaled, and 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 yeah, it wasn't that bad because because Brian got it towed and all that shit. But what so. <clears throat> Let me tell you that story real quick. So we went to Breckenridge, and uh, to do that, I was working at Philmont at the time, which is another thing he mentioned. Um, and that kind of to do that because it was like a week long trip is what we planned. To do that required me to work because sorry I'm rambling a lot. The the shifts that I normally worked was like four days on, two days off. So in order for me to get a full week off and it be fully acceptable, and then be able to fill in everybody else and be like one. Uh, one staff member short because it was a small group. Um, I worked with like six or seven people. Um, I had to work like a week and a half straight, which wasn't that big a deal. Just a lot of hours. Um, and anyway, so I, I managed to get this. I talked to the supervisor's supervisor. I managed to get this thing set up. Um, and so I don't know. I think you guys, you and Durante, we had another friend, um, showed up to Philmont and then we drove to Breckenridge, and we kind of had the option of, hey, climb the most dangerous mountain or the highest mountain. <laughs> Demetrius was about the danger. I was like, screw that. I'm not going to die climbing a hill. I'd rather, you know, live climbing Everest, you know. But it's not Everest, but tallest mountain in Colorado. Uh, we didn't end up getting to the tallest mountain. The first thing we did was, uh, what was that mountain in, in Breckenridge called? Uh, it was Quandry, I believe. Yeah, Quandry, Quandry Peak. Um we drove up there. Demetri brought his bicycle, so we got a few photos of doing wheelies <laughs> on the on the we'll base level. 
and then man it was just a bad it was a it was bad from the get-go because we hadn't set up camp or anything we had to find a place to set up camp and so again also here's a term that you maybe some of you guys are familiar with probably most of you aren't schwacking that's where you don't take the trail and you just go straight up the freaking mountain so we didn't find the trail where we parked so we just immediately schwacked so it's all these big boulders which is kind of safe right I got pretty dang steep though and it was also freaking thunderstorming <laughs> and raining and hailing it was hailing really freaking hard and it was dark it wasn't supposed to be dark that early but it was today or that day uh, and so I mean getting to the getting to a a, a valley in, in between the peaks was a real blessing in disguise there because uh, it sucked. It really sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. It was raining really hard. We were hiding under rocks because there was lightning, and we're like, well, we're going to die, you know, only like 10 yards up this mountain. Like, this sucks. <laughs> um, anyway, we finally get this We get this camp set up. Demetri just bought this pretty sweet tent. Uh, I don't think we invested in a tarp, but I think there was a tarp attached to the tent, so it, it wasn't like really wet. It was actually pretty dry. Um, man, it's just a long story, but we set up camp and then the very next morning, uh, we were all pissed off and flustered from last night's crazy trek and, and setting up camp in the middle of the night while it's still raining. And it was just a massacre that first night. So then this, this next day, and you can cut in the, your, your trek, but this next day, uh, we were in this valley and we're surrounded by mountains, but I can see that there's a safe mountain. And if you just follow the ridge, eventually you get to the Quandary Peak Ridge. Um, so I'm like, I don't know about you guys. I'm taking the safe route. That was sketchy as balls last night. I'm not doing that again. Um, and Dimitri over here, he's like, nah, I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strap on my non-existent gloves and I'm just going to rock climb straight up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take it on, take the bull by its horns. If I die, I die. Very, very... Very uh, courageous and screw it. Um, and Durante went with him to do that. Um, so I went up that one peak, and, and uh, it was pretty cool. Got a lot of cool photos, and I walked. I walked around a few other peaks. I I saw a quandary. I didn't end up taking that one. Um, I think I left like an hour or two after they did. I don't know if I slept in or what I did, but. Um, Anyway, and I could see them in the far distance. They were schwacking straight up. This like it looked like a mudslide from my distance. Couldn't really see. It was like a bunch of little rocks, uh, but it was really steep. Um, so it looked slippery and such. And it was raining, of course. I think it was like drizzling here and there. Um, so I ended up saying, "Well, you know, we got a whole week to do this. I'm just gonna hike back down. I know the trail really well. Uh, if they hit it today, that's awesome. We can go to this other. We can go to this high mountain. And we'll take the trail or something." Um, and I'm just gonna chill back at camp. So I got back to camp before noon. It was like really early. I totally should have got to the Quandary Peak. I didn't. Uh, went back to the camp, and then it's like just quiet. It's just dead. It's like a perfectly sunny day now. Like the rain has stopped, and uh, it's hot. It's it's weird. It's really hot in Colorado. You expect it to be all cold and stuff. And I think it was just the elevation, but. <clears throat> I was like out there and we ran out of food too. <laughs> I mean, there's the other side kicker. I brought a 
freaking ton of food, but we just munched it all down <laughs> that first night. Um, and so, because well, actually a lot of the food was still in the trunk of his brand new Camaro, wasn't it? What a no, Camaro, what was it? It was a cruise. A brand new cruise. I mean, it was, it was a beaut. Um, and so, um, anyway, it's like the days, I mean, it's just hour by hour is going super slow. It's like minute by minute. And I'm out in the sun looking like, have you ever watched Holes? I'm like that guy. I'm like out in Holes, like looking for something. I was chasing a gopher for most of the day. There was, there was one rock in this valley. And then there was a gopher that kept hiding in this rock. And I had this stick. And I was going, I mean, I had lost my mind, man, in the sun. I went total caveman mode. And I was just trying to trying to stab a, a beaver which or, or a gopher, which I guess is pretty mean. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, and it's not to like seven o'clock at night i mean the sun is going down it's actually yeah the sun didn't end up going down until like eight thirty that night but it's like seven and i've already lost my mind i'm like all right well we were supposed to rendezvous back here at noon that's why i was back at noon we had a we had a rendezvous destiny because we got up early whoo i'm rambling um and uh anyway so i'm like laying in the tent just kind of like delirious and then finally i hear some footsteps and i'm like no way and uh you know one one guy shows up and it's it's durante and i'm like hey cool we're all back hey, wait wait where's demetria where's Dimitri? and he's like well man it was really sketchy there's all these things i ended up doing it i didn't want to do it but i got pressured into doing it and then there was finally this one part that i just i wasn't gonna do i wasn't gonna die today and Demetri did it uh, or he decided he was going to do it. So I just kind of walked back and I was like, damn, that's a long hiking day. Very long day. Uh, longer for Dimitri. Um, anyway, I didn't see Dimitri till like 11 o'clock that night, but Dimitri, <laughs> go ahead and tell your side of the story. <laughs> so but me and me and Durante were like, yeah, we're just going to pack up at, when it gets dark and get the fuck out. I'm going to need to take a drink before I tell this, but yeah, that was a life-changing day for me. We'll say that, start out. But, so, from that point when we separated, because we kind of gotten into an argument, because I wanted to take the dangerous route, and um, I really didn't have any sense about me in that moment. And so, we split off, and I went with Durante, and um, we had started our trek up Quandary Peak, up the dangerous, treacherous, mountainside and so um, I could see Brian off in the distance uh, as we were trekking up and um, we make our way to to like the base or the tree line and I, I could still see Brian he's way off on the other side a little little speck but I could see him and so um, we take a break and then we keep going and um, we get to the baseline, we could see over the ridge. Before we got to baseline, wasn't there like ice? There, there was. There, there's a little bit of ice. There was a little bit of ice, nothing major, but um, we, we climbed over that. It was no problem, and um, we get to the ridge, take a break, eat some food, drink some water, and looking up, I misjudged this thing entirely. Like, I can remember, this is why we got in an argument. I, I was telling Brian, I was like, oh, that's, that's nothing. Look at that. You can see the top. It's right there 
Like, we can make it up there. Easy. <laughs> okay, so I get up to the ridge, and I'm looking at it, literally, like, I can't even see the top of this thing. I'm like, holy shit. This thing is massive. And so, um, Durante had decided pretty much at that point, he's like, yeah, I've had enough. This is pretty cool. Good view. Whole time I'm thinking, I've got to get up to the top. We came here, we have an objective. <laughs> I, I'm going up to the top. And so, he thought I was joking when I said it. I was like, yeah, man, uh, so you ready to go up to the top? And he just kind of laughs. I'm like, no, seriously, like, I'm, I'm ready to go. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going, man. And, and then I was contemplating it in my head. And what did I do? Well, I came here to hike this mountain, and that's what I'm going to do. So I told him, I was like, I'll leave you half the water, which I don't my, I've lost my mind at that point. Oh, yeah, we also didn't have a whole lot of water. So I left him pretty much all the water because I was out of my freaking mind. And so I was like, hey, man, yeah, the top, I'll, I'll be back down in a couple hours. It'll only take me a couple hours to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what time was it at this point? Do you think? Uh, well, we we had rendezvoused at noon. I think this was. We were supposed to rendezvous at noon. This was ten o'clock, because I can remember Durante saying, "Hey, but if you're back in two hours, we need to be down there." And I'm like, "Oh well, it'll be fine. We'll just we'll just be down. It'll be no problem." Ten o'clock a.m. And so, <laughs> I was I was obviously out of my mind, and so um, yeah, I left Durante there. Said, "Hey man, I'll see you in a couple hours. If you don't see me." whatever get get help but that's not going to be the case and so um started hiking up pretty cool pretty peaceful good view um and then it got sketchy got really sketchy the first major point came to there was like solid ice like a solid ice slope all the way down and there was just like this little ridge you had to grab on to the rocks to avoid falling and i, I remember telling myself um should I do this? Uh, it's just a good idea. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. So I got about halfway. I looked down. looked back. And I was like, well, okay. I, I made it halfway. I'm going to keep going. So I kept going. Made it past that point. The rest of it one, wasn't much worse than that. Although it was pretty scary. And I eventually made it to the top. Really great, amazing view. I could see the entire camp. I could see, I could see our small tent. I couldn't see Brian. Like, I could hear, I could hear you shouting though. I could hear someone shouting. Might have been Durante. Who knows? But I kept looking down, enjoyed the moment, and then I decided I'd better get my ass down because it was already like one o'clock. <laughs> Wait, you, it was it was noon when you when yeah. you when oh. you were already at the top. It was noon. It, it was it was past noon. He didn't like, get back until like eleven p.m. So so there's a well there's a ten hour difference there. Yeah, the, the the journey down was pretty frightening. I'll tell you that much because I chose an alternative path down. Instead of coming down the way I came, I chose to take the steepest way down. I just bushwhacked my. Because he thought it would be faster or looked easier. Thought it thought it'd be quicker, and it was to start out with. Like, I just started walking down, sliding down, that's probably a better way to describe it, it was sliding, had scratches on my boots, because the rocks, I'm, I'm really surprised, and lucky I didn't, like, fall under some rocks sliding down, so, made it halfway down, 
and then realize, oh shoot, there's a cliff here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what do I do now? Like, because there's this big drop off, and I couldn't do a damn thing about it. So there's no other route. I just I sat there for a minute, and at that point, I could see Brian. Had you run out of water yet? I I'd already ran out of water. Like, drink the last bit at the top, figured the way down would be a breeze. So it didn't have any water, and I was just sitting there for like 45 minutes on this ledge thinking about what I should do. I could see Brian pacing back and forth. I don't know if he could see me at that point. Could you see me? I don't think so, man. I didn't see you until, until late, late, late. Uh, so I could I could see him pacing back and forth, chasing his gopher or whatever the hell he was doing. And um, there was just, there was these flowers next to me. And, I, and it sounds really, really sentimental, but I was just looking at it thinking, you know, this would be like the perfect place to just like pass away if I had to. Like that, that was my only option. And I was like, well, you know, eh, I'll keep walking. Um, so I just went sideways instead of going straight down. I kept falling the cliff. Finally made it to a rock face that... Um, I was able to climb down, shimmy my way down, which was pretty scary. It was like probably 30, 40 feet straight down, pretty much. Had to like rock climb to get down. Very tight space. So, um, made it down there, and then I was about, about halfway down at that point. And it was probably, it was about five, five o'clock in the evening at that point. Because it had taken so much time to walk around the mountain, around this cliff. And so, from there, I just continued my way down. It got dark, um, and I was really tired and out of water, feeling lightheaded and everything. So, I finally made it down, and um, when I when I hit the ground, like, I was so thankful, like, when I... My feet were on the ground where there was grass. I, I was like kissing the ground. I was so thankful. And then made my way back to camp. And this was it was dark late. It was very dark. Yeah, it was it was super dark. And shortly after, I made my way back. It started to hail. We, we packed up and left that night, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We packed up and left. We we packed everything up. Got in the car. And, and that way back was bad. So that, we were sprinting, man. That, that leads us uh, into the next part of this this journey. That <sighs> I'll, I'll let Brian tell what happened next. Yeah. So Dimitri got back. We're all like, I was pissed. I, I mean, this is my best friend. I was pissed off. I was like, what the fuck, man? I'm glad that you're alive, but I'm not happy with you right now. I'm not gonna fucking talk to you. But I'm happy that you're you're alive because uh, that would have been really shitty. Uh, to go on one cool adventure and, and lose a friend so um anyway so we we packed up everything it was hailing already so it was like wet everything was nasty and wet and cold when we packed up and we were sprinting back to the car uh trying to take the least uh least dangerous path back and there's this part there, i mean there's a good area where where it's all like ice anyway I was, I don't know if I was leading the pack or if I was sprinting or whatnot, but, uh, I fell through the ice. <laughs> I went like, like thigh deep in water and it was already freaking cold, but 
I, I climbed out of that, and there was some some hay that was frozen over that was like stabbing the hell out of me. But you know what? We we all got through that. We made it back to the car. Uh, which brings us to the second part of this saga. We're like, man, we're so freaking exhausted. We're worn out. But you know what? We survived this hill, and we're going to go to that next hill. Um, we're going to find a place to crash for the night. Whatever. So it's it's definitely like midnight at this point. And you know what? We get back to that car, and his brand new cruise, less than 2,000 miles, does not start. <laughs> so his car won't... <laughs> so we finally we find refuge, you know what and I mean? And the car will not start. That, well... Shortly after we discovered that it wouldn't start, I was reaching in my pockets. I'm like, okay, we need to figure something out. Got to call AAA, we right? Got to call AAA. I need to get my insurance card. Oh wait. Oh shit! There's a hole in my back pocket, and I took my wallet on this trip. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah, I lost my wallet on the mountain. It's gone. No wallet. No car. What do we do? So doing? he had no money, no insurance card. His phone was dead couldn't charge his phone uh car was dead i mean we were like completely sol if you've heard that phrase before um and so we're just like <laughs> we're just like chilling in his car i don't i think we couldn't even get in your car could we because you didn't have your keys well no you had your keys yeah we were we were able to get in the car yeah we were yeah we were trying to warm up in there and we were just like well Shit, do we camp out in the car? Like, we are screwed. We are off the grid. <laughs> There's no network. That's the other thing. It's like, we are off the grid. There's no cell service whatsoever. All our phones are dead anyway. Dimitri's trying to charge his phone through the carport. And um, anyway, I mean, this is just a real... I mean, this, this is one of those cool moments, you know, where you are completely fucked. Um, and for some reason... For some chain of events, uh, I don't know. The universe realizes you're fucked and finds a way to get you unfucked. Excuse my French there, but we were all sitting in the car shivering because we're all wet and feeling crappy. We can't even put it on the heat. You know what I mean? The car doesn't run, doesn't turn over, um, and so. But he was able to like half click it and like charge the phone. <clears throat> anyway, this um, I feel like it was a Jeep. No, it was a it was a van of some sort. I think it was, it was a jeep. A, yeah, it was, it was a small jeep pulls up. I don't know if they were planning on hiking at one a.m. or if they're just going to make out point or whatever. But uh, I think that's probably what it was. But they were up there, and uh, I mean, yeah. At that point, we were like, "Could you guys jump us, or could you do something?" And I think the first car. I think there was multiple cars. The first car that went by, they didn't have jumper cables. Or something like that, and they left. And then we found this other car uh, that come that was on its way up. It was a jeep, and it was a couple, and they had tons of luggage because I'm guessing they were travelers as well. Um, they were able to, they weren't able to, to jump our car. Yeah, they tried for like 45 minutes. We tried multiple times. Just it would not start. Nothing would go. Um, but and we and you know like. We really had to try hard to get a ride back. Like, they didn't want to give us a ride back to Breckenridge. Like, they were kind of stiff necks about it. But we were able to get a ride back. Me and, like, Durante, I think all three of us were, like, crammed in their trunk. Um, and we got the ride back, and we got them to drop us off at this hostel. And we've never even really been to Breckenridge. We just went straight to the mountain. 
Um, so we're at this hostel, and we're like, okay, yeah, hostels are cheap. It's cool, whatever. Um, Durante didn't have any money. Dimitri's wallet was gone, so I was going to cover it. And uh, they're like, oh, it's 45 bucks a night. I'm like, fuck yeah, 45 bucks, whatever. Let's do it. Let's, let's crash here for the night, assess the situation in the morning, figure out what we got to do. And uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Side note, it's actually $45 per person per night. So that one night cost me like 130 bucks. This is why you should save your money, kids, because otherwise we would have been fucked. Um, and so, yeah, and so that next day we figure out a tow service. We get it towed to, I don't know if we got it towed off the mountain. Then we got it towed. There was like two towings before we got it to the yeah. one auto shop that Breckenridge has. Um but that was kind of pricey, so then we had it there, and they let us use a, uh, like we rented out, they were really nice people, we rented out a uh, Jeep Outlander, I think, or it was a, uh, it was it was a nice, no, it was a Kia Sportage, that's what it was. I, I don't exactly remember, I know we we slept in the car that night. We weren't supposed to, yeah, we, we, we crashed in their car, because we're trying to avoid the hostel costs. Uh, which they didn't like, but I mean, I couldn't afford to do everything at that point. Um, but so, yeah, and then they ended up saying we couldn't fix your car, but here's a bill. Um, and so then we had to tow it to a city like an hour away, right? Yeah, and I can't remember what the name of this city was, but Red Mountain was there. So, so we. Yeah, so we got it towed to this other city. I mean, days had gone by. We we had, we were supposed to be at this other mountain and already hiking it and all that kind of stuff. And really, actually, the drive to Breckenridge uh, wasn't short. We we made a couple pit stops and we, you know, we had we might have even camped out tonight. But I remember we were at like a trailer park and we had you know some good food there. That might have just been for the moment. Um, but again the the tow truck guy was super understanding and cool and we were all three able to cram into good thing we didn't bring four people uh we're all able to cram in that front seat and have a really close bonding moment with the with the tow truck guy for an hour until we got to this new place and then from there like i only had i only had like a day and a half before i needed to be back at work so I'm like, shoot, I don't even know where I'm at. It's going to be a while. <laughs> and I looked up all the things to get back because <clears> – and I, and I was going to cover the uh, the expenses if it was able to be fixed that day. Um, and I don't think it was. Uh, no, I don't know where you guys crashed, but you guys ended up hitting Red Mountain, and I ended up taking like five different Greyhound buses to the closest place uh, near Cimarron where Philmont's at, did all that, I got back to work, but, um, Dimitri and Durante, uh, you guys did Red Mountain, right? Yeah, I, well, yeah, we, we both decided to hike, uh, Red Mountain. Make the best of the experience, yeah. And, uh, so we stayed at this really, really cheap hotel, I mean, it didn't even have air conditioning, um, and so we, we, we stayed there, my mom was able to... Um, do like a Western Union so I was able to have funds to rent out a hotel for the night so we crashed there and then just so happened there was Red Mountain very beautiful area if you ever get a chance to go there so wake up the next morning 
and I said, I want to go hiking again. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had breakfast, and I I set out again, because I just love hiking. And so I went out, spent the whole day out there, made it to the peak, it was a very good hike, wasn't as treacherous, I followed a path, I didn't bushwhack, I knew better this time. So I made it up there. That that was fun, and then um, we we'd stay there two days. And the second day, I got Durante to go again. So I hiked it twice, and the the second time it was his first time. And so we made it up to the peak, and it was it was very nice. We made it down safely, and then um, had a friend drive up from Kansas City to pick both of us up. What'd you Very do about nice. the car? I uh, left the car there. Car stayed there for about a month. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, we, we made it back safely. I went to work on a Monday. Very short. Like I got back on Sunday at like, or mon- actually Monday morning, I got back at like 4 a.m. And so I was able to go to work the next day. Cause I that day. Yeah. And um, didn't have a car for a month. So... That was that was fun, getting around with no car, and then having to get my wallet back and everything. That was that was I learned a lot from that experience. I really did. Did you have to go back to Colorado to get your car? Yep. So finally, after the car was fixed, what was the problem with it? I thought you oh, said like an animal. Oh, tore it so up. The, the problem was is a marmot, which is like a beaver or a gopher. It's probably that gopher that I was trying to kill. Like huh? Probably, probably was. You probably scared that thing the hell man so apparently this thing chewed through the wire harness and they do this for multiple reasons main thing is there's like soybean oil they use to treat the wires and so they like that Um, they can smell it and so they go after it and they think it's like a plant to chew on but then the other reason is they get scared there was a storm that night so they they go for something warm engine block is, is like perfect thing so they go right in there they chew through whatever because they're crazy animals, and so that's what happened to the car. And um, what was the fix on that? Oh, I had to replace the entire wire harness. Huh. Pretty expensive. Um, so that was that was nice. Finally got my car back, like a month and a half later, and yeah, it, that whole experience learned learned a tremendous amount through that entire thing. So that was one epic trick trip with uh Dimitri and Durante. What um what what what's the coolest place you've ever been? Um coolest place. Or other places That's that really stood out. Broad subject. Um Well, I I really I really like Colorado. I I really liked Philmont, which we haven't really touched on. Maybe we can do that some other time as well, but um Idaho, that's a cool place. Really cool place. Got an opportunity to go there. Just beautiful. It's a lot like Colorado with all the the landscape and everything, but the main difference is the the trees there. They're just, they're so tall, they're beautiful, and it's like very rural. So it's like a lot of countryside, and the people there are very friendly. And so that, that was a cool place to visit been out of the country once, been to Mexico, Puerto Escondido, 
on the beach. Did you go there with your mom then? Yeah, went we went on a family trip. Um, I was I was very young. I was like twelve at that time. But that that was a fun trip. It was right on the beach, tourist area. So I got to surf. That was my first time being near an ocean or being at the beach. So that that was a lot of fun. Probably one of the, the coolest places. Um, I know yeah. you went to Minnesota a few times, or Wisconsin. Um, yeah, been to Wisconsin. It's really cold, <laughs> even in the summer. Like I was, I was there. Well, during spring. And it, it's still cold. Still cold. I mean, you don't even realize that, like, during the day, it was, like, 70 degrees. So, after... I went there for training, for work. And so, after class, like, we decided, okay, we're going to go near the beach because there's Lake Michigan right there. And so, we went out on there. It was still nice. And then, like, a couple hours later, it, it just... The temperature drops so drastically. And it's freezing and like clouds are coming in. It's about to rain. And it gets really foggy. And just that eerie vibe, all the fog around everything. There's lighthouses and it's just really cool place. Really cool place. Well that's awesome. Um we are right at about an hour, um, which is usually the time that we cut off, but man, it was it was awesome having you on the show with me and I would definitely like to invite you to have another show later on in the future and we could talk about Philmont which is something that me and him have in common and um, not many other of my friends locally do um, and there's just a lot of cool things we could talk about man we could even talk about our band that happened that was pretty cool we had one show anyway um, yeah man I really appreciate it yeah absolutely it was, it was cool uh, being able to have a conversation with you and, and record it and uh, let other people hear us Chit chat. <laughs> um, yeah, so if this is your first podcast you're listening to, thank you so much. I'm glad that you listened to the entire 54 minutes. Um, I mean, I would ask you to like, share, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you, if you found value in it and you think that your friends would find value in it, feel free to let them know. Um, uh, did you enjoy this oh, experience? I did. Well, did you see, uh, you know, if you... If you have any friends that want to be interviewed, uh, specifically any sort of uh, entrepreneur type people, that's kind of what I want to go towards. But um, you know, any any other people you you think of in the future send, that are interested, send them my way. Um, it's this is kind of something that I want to be uh, more than a hobby. Um, and um, anyways, if nothing else, guys, uh, leave a comment. Uh, on any platform we're on every platform um and and let us let us hear some feedback um so that way we can make it better for you and yeah. whatever you do don't take your wallet with you on a hiking trip unless your pockets are really nice and you got duct tape on your back pockets don't take your entire wallet take take some money with you don't take the entire thing don't lose that <laughs> leave your AAA in the car <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks a lot. Um, this was Brian Bass and Dimitri Roberts. This is Midnight Coffee Hour. See you guys around.